Apollo H O U. We're here on a Thursday. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, cut. I have to sneeze. Oh, hold on. You better fucking sneeze, and it better be the loudest fucking sneeze in the no, history but I, of man. I said it, so then, uh, now you're not going to sneeze. It was like right there. I was literally about you, to sneeze. You should have just powered through it, like sneeze, and then we kept okay. rolling. You okay. know. Okay. All right. Just restart. Just restart. Just restart. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at blima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course, at Apollo HOU. We're recording this on Thursday. The Astros look to sweep the Twins tonight. They're at 80 wins. Justin Verlander got another victory. Framber Valdez pitched his ass off last night in Dez. The boys are rolling the bullpen, struggling a little bit. That's okay. It's a 162-game season. You might be running into a little bit of fatigue, but let's just start. Uh, the state of the Astros so far over the last week or so. Yeah, winning's fun. Um, after a losing road trip, the guys kind of got dialed in. Uh, the return of Correa um, and all that, we can dive into it later in the episode, but Verlander did Ver- Verlander things, Framber did Framber things, and this team's deep. Pitching and defense travels in October, and it's scary hours as the offense gets hot. Yeah. Like, there is <clears throat> there is a timeline within the multiverse that this team just turns it on in October and just steamrolls every single team. Like, if the offense just gets hot, because it hasn't been hot one through nine all year, and they just do it in October, then I'll be the happiest kid on the planet. Yeah, there still hasn't been a time where we've had Bregman, Tucker, and Alvarez all clicking on all cylinders. I mean, that's a scary thing. Bregman's turned it around. Yuli has had some flashes of old-school Yuli. Uh, Tucker, we've seen him go up, down, middle of the road. Jordan was on fire at one point, kind of come down to earth a little bit, but back up. But at, at no point have all of them been on the same page as far as clicking on all cylinders. That's a scary thing. Justin Verlander... Um, he took a no hitter into the six, but he was at 91 pitches. Dusty said after the game, they discussed 90 pitches for that specific game. Cause the Astros are about to go back and do a five man rotation. But before you knew that info, Des, were you okay with Dusty taking JV out after six innings? Yeah, I was okay with it. I think, um, I would have liked to see go batter by batter, but I think JV said, and in, in the, someone got a screen grab from AT&T that, he was talking to the young pitchers, and he, he talked about. Uh, you could see his lips moving in the sense of like, I care about, I care about this, and pointing to his elbow. So, um, and then I think I heard on it was either on seven ninety or another sports station that he talked about that they read his lips and said he was gassed. So I mean, at the end of the day, when Justin Verlander said it was an easy decision, I'm gonna ride with him and 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 Dusty on that. Uh, it would been great to see a no hitter, obviously, either if it was another combined no hitter, but. It's all about October and getting these guys healthy. I think in 19, we saw fatigue with a lot of the arms. Um, and I think in 2022, we're seeing uh, the team be conscious of of where each arm is going into the playoffs. Yeah, with Justin Verlander, one of the things that he talked about was uh, knowing his body and, and being able to work on the lower half and as he gets up in age. And it's like we've talked about it before here on Beyond the Diamond, the comparison between Tom Brady and Justin Verlander as they've gotten better, as they've gotten older, and one of the things that Tom Brady is focused on is his body and the same thing with Justin Verlander. And if him and Dusty Baker and Martin Maldonado and, and uh, you know, the pitching coach Josh Miller discussed a 90-pitch limit for that game, then obviously he knew something that we didn't. 
So to take him out after six innings, right at 91 pitches, I was okay with. But I, I like what you said, Des. Um, I would have liked to seen him go out in the seventh, maybe face another batter and then another batter and then take him out after seven because they weren't touching him that night, man. He was dialed in with every single pitch. They were not touching him. I mean, it was unbelievable what he did against the Twins. Yeah, I think the only time they were literally touching his pitches was like those at-bats were just felt like a little gnat was flying around and you just couldn't get rid of it. There's a lot of foul balls, a lot of extended account, like extended counts, but there were one, two, oh, two extended counts. So they weren't, there weren't a lot of three, two, uh, three ones where he's battling back. So uh, at the end of the day, Justin Verlander, I still think he's going to get his fourth no hitter. I don't know when he's been flirting with it all year, but it's all about how healthy is he is for October and this push. And I said it in a blog two weeks ago, and we can go dive right into Framber, but there needs to start being some respect between 2022 Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez and the 2019 JV Cole tandems because what they're doing this year is incredible pitching-wise. Not the 2019, they just... We're gonna throw 100 miles an hour. You can't hit it. We're gonna strike you. We're gonna strike you out, which is great. But what we're seeing from Framber and JV this year, coming off Tommy John to begin with, and Framber emerging from a guy who was—you didn't know what you're gonna get each start. He'd maybe have six, seven walks and go two or three innings, or you put it together. Um, and now you have this complete pitcher in Framber Valdez with 21 quality starts in a row, breaking Mike Scott's franchise record. And he's not even your ace. Like, we need to start talking about this tandem for the next month and a half because they deserve their roses. Yeah, Justin Verlander is on his way to another Cy Young. Um, and and again, you talked about you know the blog that you put up. We've dropped a lot of blogs over the last couple of days. Check all those out at ApolloHOU.com. They're up on our Twitter at ApolloHOU. All our social medias at ApolloHOU. But what Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, and Jose Arquiti are doing is outstanding i mean it's you don't see this in the rest of the league you've got um verlander obviously at 16 and 3 you've got framber at 13 and 4 and then jose Arquiti coming in at 12 and 4 and then what framber's doing is if you take verlander out of the conversation with cy young the cy young award framber is right there with like mcclanahan and the other guys in the american league and there's no doubt about it he's probably going to catch some votes when it comes to the the Cy Young Award, when the season's all said and done, he's not going to win it, but he's going to be right there, like catching votes to win the Cy Young, and he's the number two on this team. It's insane. Yeah, Could, right now, off the top of your head, what do you think Verlander's WAR is right now? Oh man, is it over four? Yeah. Wow. And I'm a big WAR guy. You know that. Big, big WAR, guy. WAR guy. Is big it? War. Is it? Is it over five? No. Okay, so it's probably like a four and a half. Four, six. Jesus Christ, man. 4.6. As a pitcher. Um, As a pitcher. 1.87 ERA, 16 and 3, 149 innings pitch, a whip under one at 0.846. I mean, I think his K9 is right at 8.9, yeah. So, uh, look, Josh. Fine wine. Fine wine, some would say. We got Josh. uh, Look up. Is he right there by the computer? I can't see. Um, yes, he is. Look yes. up Roger Clemens' stats from 2005. That's the last Ooh. time that I can see a pitcher 
in, I think it was 40 or 41, and he had like a 1.88 or 1.87 ERA, just what Verlander's doing at the age of 39. Look up the, those stats from Clemens in 2000, 2005, the year they went to the World Series. He was he had like a 2.8, like a 2.7 or a 2.8 the year before at the age of 40. Like, it's it's crazy. And Verlander is doing that a year removed from Tommy John. Like, it's it's it. it's uh it's crazy. What is it? So his record was 13 and 8 in 2005 with a 1.87 ERA and 211 innings pitched. Uh had a K9 at 7.9. And I don't see the individual war. He was third in the Cy Young that year. Yeah. Uh, and how old was he? Does it show his age? 42. Jesus. At 41 the year before in 2004. He was 18 and four in Houston with a 2.98 ERA. That's okay, so a 2.9. That's right. Yeah. That's crazy um, to think with about. With a 3.11. At 42. Justin Verlander is going to do that. He's, yeah, he's 100%. I mean, Verlander is 100% going to opt out and he's going to get big time money as he deserves. And he's going to pitch until he's 45. And I think it's in Houston. I think so. I really too. do. Uh, I mean, he could put a bow on it with the Cy Young and a World Series ring and we just like, hey, thank you for everything. Move on. But. I would just keep doing these two-year, three-year deals, re-upping, giving a player option, and and just keep keep the party going. Yeah, I and I think the relationship between Jim Crane and Justin Verlander is going to a hundred percent come into. It's going to be a big factor when Verlander opts out. We know it's coming. Like, there's no way that he doesn't opt out after reading that innings threshold and the way that he's performed. Like, he's gonna he deserves it. He deserves the money that he's gonna want. So that relationship between him and Jim Crane. Is huge. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Clemens War in 05, 7.8. Oh, my God. And he, he had a season. I can't even believe this. He had a season, uh, 1997. He put up an 11.9 war as a pitcher. That's insane. Yikes. That is insane. So let's move on to Framber Valdez. Underrated or underappreciated? Yeah, this is a, a topic that um good friend barry lamnick posed to me and i'll be on a show later today but i just thought it would be good to talk plug about it, it here plug Barry's stuff what what do you what's what show you yeah. on i want to watch yeah it's uh the barry lamnick show on on twitch I'll, I'll drop it he he i'm on it every thursday and he sent this question i was like I, me and brian have to talk about this today um and i think he's underrated and underappreciated in the sense that it was always Jekyll and Hyde with Framber Valdez really early on. Young guy, a um, lot of walks. You you saw he had the stuff. Like you were like he's he is flat out nasty, but it just wasn't all there. And you were just kind of like, all right, that's your your fifth your fifth starter fringe guy. He's he'll be up and down. Um, not a prospect. He's old. Um, and then you just start seeing everything kind of build. And I think it's. Obviously, they talked about the sports psychologists, but I think Dusty Baker treating him like a war, a war, war daddy, horse, whatever you want to put the coaching phrase on, uh, workhorse, any of that, he treats him like that. Like no other pitcher's getting the longest leash as, as Framber Valdez. There'll be games where he's throwing like 110, 115 pitches, like like the old days, and and I think that's a really big testament to Dusty and the pitching pitching staff and coaching staff and to let him just have that leash because even when he was the guy that was you know walking a ton of guys and 
like which frame we're going to get. I think the one game that really stands out to me was, I think it was last year or the bubble year. He pitched against Colorado. We were up big, like 13 nothing. He was cruising. They let him go in the seventh inning, like 110 pitches, and he gave up like four or five runs. And so he didn't get the quality start, but he went seven innings. And I was just like, wow. Like this, I don't know if it's a dusty thing or analytics thing. Like they are giving him this long leash. And I think that gives a guy a lot of confidence. Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, let me, let, me, let me take a step back here. Can you explain to me what a war daddy is? Yeah, it's a guy it's, that uh, uh, when he's in the rotation mm-hmm. and gets over a three war, uh, they become a war daddy. Oh, war daddy. Okay, yeah. so yeah. My, my, it's a twofold question here. Twofold, if you don't want to. <laughs> two. um, a war daddy, okay. Um, it, did, was it him or Christian Javier that you called him a dude, but he was lowercase? That was Christian Javier, right? Yeah, Javier, but he graduated okay. to dude. Me, me and Garrett. If we, we can't pan the camera, but we graduated him to dude capital letters this year. He okay. was a the first graduating class of Apollo Media from lowercase dude to to caps dude. Gotcha. Okay, so okay, so war daddy and uh, dude. Okay, just I was just curious on yeah what a war daddy was. Just I don't know where you were yeah. going with that one, but uh, I, I think if if we're continuing to talk about Framber. It will like the Jekyll and Hyde's like a perfect way to talk about it. Uh, you'd see one night where he was absolutely dominant, getting ground ball after ground ball, dropping nasty sliders and everything else that he throws in his arsenal. And then you see him the next outing and he's throwing like two and a thirds inning and he walks like six guys. He pitched extremely well the other night, but he still had four walks. That's the one thing I want to see go away is just the uptick in walks and I think when it comes to October we both know this the leash becomes so short and in games become so short if you can get a Framber Valdez that we have seen so far this season dude he's going to get you to seven innings and then it's it's then your bullpen you know it, it helps the bullpen out you get guys like Stanek, Naris, Montero uh, and then Ryan Presley and I don't give a damn I don't give a shit that they're struggling a bit here as of late. It's like we have always said here on Beyond the Diamond. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's 162 games. Guys are going to go through fatigue. They're going to have dead arm. They're going to struggle. It's it's inevitable. And I think that's what we're seeing out of a, um, a bullpen, especially those four guys, because they've seen the most innings pitched out of the bullpen. Brian Abreu is still fresh, in my opinion. That's why we've seen him get his job done over the last couple of days. But those other guys, I'm not worried about them. It's late August. There's still a month left in the season, and I think they're going to be A-OK. So let's take a step back, and let's relax on Montero, Neris, Stanek, and Presley. Uh, real quick, um, just for comparison, last year's Cy Young Award winner, Robbie, Robbie Ray, finished the season with, a, with 13 wins, 7 losses, a 2.84 ERA, and 32 starts. 193 innings. Framber right now is at 13 and 4, 2.65 ERA, 24 games, 156 innings. He's pitching like the he would have won the Cy Young award last year. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's maybe fifth in the fifth in Cy Young so far this year and he's definitely behind Justin. So it, it, to his fault like he's going to have votes taken away that would go to him to go to Justin. Who who in who in Major League Baseball right now has a better one two? Besides the Mets and Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. Who has a better one, too? 
Just off the top of your head, can you think of it? Well, who do the Dodgers have? Bueller's out. Uh, they have Tony G, Tony Gonson, and I guess either Urias Kershaw. The Braves have a pretty good one too. Braves are, dude. Braves are, Braves. Braves are, are better than they were my, last year. Braves might be the scariest team in the National League yeah. to me, matchup wise. Matchup wise, yeah. I, they they scare me. They really do. The the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Don't get me wrong, but that NL is a gauntlet to get to the World Series this season. Like it is nasty over there. I'm glad the Astros are in the American League. Um, ain't nobody fucking scared of the Yankees anymore. I don't yeah. think anybody was scared of the Yankees. I wasn't. Were you, or did you say that they were going to be a problem, or was it just Seattle? Just asking. Just, just asking. Nope. You know, this is this is. How, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> um, I mean, the Yankees. You just don't let Judge beat you, and when Stanton's out, uh, he has no protection. Like, just literally, I'd intentionally walk him. Someone else step up and beat me. Um, Stanton coming back, I think today or tomorrow, but um, he's you know one one thing away from being you know banged up and injured so i think i think the braves and, and mets i mean the nl east is just always until we beat them like you gotta just i guess give them their dues but um yeah having framber jv and jv framber it's 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 huge and then you have this guy named lance mccullough jr and you yeah, know let's not forget that lmj is back yeah he's back jose okiti after dishing the cutters Looks like he's pitching in the World Series every damn game and just nails. Uh, Luis Garcia's fighting through it a little bit right now, but if he figures it out, it's the same guy that, you know, clinched the game against the Red Sox in Houston. So, and that's not even talking about Christian Javier, who's probably yeah. going to be piggybacking starts, or now he's in the bullpen bolstering it. Uh, it's We're deep. We're really, really deep. Yeah. And they're not sexy names after Justin Verlander, but who cares? Confetti and, and rings are a lot cooler. Hey, let's let's uh, real quick before we go to Carlos Correa making his return. Um, what about Chaz McCormick last night uh, dislocating his pinky? He's snapping nasty. that bad boy back in place right there on the field, rubbing nasty. some dirt on it, little 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 tap, and get back out there or what? No, we put in the put in the group message right, like pop that sucker I back was, in, rub some dirt on it, a little butt tap, and uh, see you tomorrow. A little ice and Advil. I uh, I saw that message at like four thirty this morning, and because uh, I go to bed at fucking eight thirty these days. And uh, as soon as I saw, I, first of all, I saw the video and I saw his pinky having a, a 90 degree angle to the right. And uh, I said, man, just pop that bad boy in place. Take, take some gate, take a couple things of Gatorade and get back out there, son. And then I saw your message and I was like, I knew he would get it. Like I knew he would say the same damn thing. Like, yeah, a little butt tap. Hey, here you go. Here's four ibuprofen. Get back out there, Chasmo. I, I feel so bad because he finally gets rolling. He's been he's having a great year. He's he's playing a great center field. He's just not getting the starts. We need to right. figure that out. Um, and he finally starts getting his everyday start to center field back besides Dubon for Verlander, right? And then he just a casual late inning toss over. <laughs> fractures i mean yeah like a two-step lead like that's Dude. the lead i got yeah like that was me stretching it out like and he was just like fell over right and right into the bag dislocated yeah his pinky kind of looks like mine now like like look at this thing i think yeah. it's like, dude what's wrong with your pinky bro yeah dude it's a little uh i don't know can you see it if, yeah, if well, you're I, just I, listening on spotify brian's showing his his pinky finger and it's yeah it's, it's doing it it's 
Yeah, so normal, a, normal, and a then squared plus b squared equals c squared on your it's pinky. A little, uh, it's not not good. Um, yeah, man, college is wild, dude. You never know. College uh, is a little wild. You know, we're talking about Montero before we jump into to Correa's return. He's at his career high in innings pitched as a reliever right now. Yeah, he I actually. I didn't know this till looking it up on Baseball Reference. He was a starter. Yeah, 2017. He threw 119 innings, went five and eleven. Yeah, and I then, remember when they they got him in the Mariners trade, right? Montero, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I remember reading something about how he used to be a starter, and I was like, why did they get him as a starter? Like that makes no sense. Yeah, Texas. And then I Texas then they converted him to a reliever, and then Seattle for that one year. Crazy man. Yeah. So look, it's right there. Right there in the statistics. Yep. Stanek's getting big, up big, there. Stanek's at 42 yep. innings right now. Um, his high is like 68 last year. And then Naris is at 51 innings, and his highest was 80 innings in 2016. Um, 74 innings last year. So he's starting to bump against that number as well. So, yeah, I think it's just the dog days a little bit. and Yeah. Especially with Presley out with that the stiff neck, I, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, so, stiff neck. You're gonna have to. You're counting on guys right now. And uh, hey, Abreu, Abreu may get hey, his first good. letter. He may get his yeah. Garrett on the side. Put it on the list. Abreu's and he may earn his pause. He may and earn another thing. He may earn the little. No, I don't know how to phrase this. He and, may and, earn oh, yeah. the the oh, D and like, D. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. He may he may earn the D. Okay. The, the lowercase D. He, so you're gonna. He's gonna earn a D, the D. No, I'm not. You're no. saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm just. You're but that's that. what you said. No, you're right. No. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Brian Abreu. Right, yeah. Nasty. You know what I think's right around the corner? Hunter Brown season. I, okay. Yes. What was that? Yes, but Seth Martinez is coming back. Is there a spot for? You can expand your roster I to won. what 20, 28 guys? 26. I thought it was two. I only no, won. I thought it was I thought in September it goes to twenty seven or twenty eight. Josh, so you looked at it. It's twenty eight, right? Twenty eight, so uh, three spots? Yes, twenty eight. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, It'll it's hundred Hunter Brown season. Got it. Hunter be. Brown, Seth, and but uh, I believe it's it also casts pitchers. So they're encouraging you to bring up one position player in one pitcher. Yeah, so it would be Seth Martinez. That's right, but Maybe. you can bring up... But if it's 28, you can bring up two pitchers and a position player. Or do they no, cap no, it at just one? Right We're now. at 26 right now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, and they and capped, Seth, at, Seth, capped at 13 pitchers, and then they capped oh. up to 14 pitchers. So I, I don't... I know the fan base, and I've been clamoring for Hunter Brown, but it's Seth Martinez. He's got yeah. it. I think... I think it'll be Hunter Brown over Seth Martinez, even though Seth Martinez pitched pretty damn well when he was up at the big league level. I think that I think the front office just wants to see Hunter Brown this season. The dude is the main like like think about it, man. Like the other night, Corey Lee hit three bombs and he hits. I mean, he's been stroking the baseball down there ever since he went back down. And then Hunter Brown, like those two dudes are the future of the Astros, and there's just not a spot for him to come up. That's how deep this Astros team is right now, even with a few injuries here and there. Michael Brantley, um, Aledmus Diaz, you know, you got a platoon of, of Mauricio Dubon. 
Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick in center field, and these other guys just can't find ways to come up. It's crazy how how deep this Astros team is at the big league level. Do you do you know that I haven't seen the the lineup hasn't came out yet for this for Thursday night's game, right? Uh huh. Is it? Is it, it should should be coming out in the next like it's two forty five as we record this, so it should be coming out in like the next thirty minutes or so. Is it David Hensley time? Is he getting his first? Yeah, when's he going to get some PT? Josh, didn't he say he was going to hit a home run the other night or something like that? I'm feeling it's coming soon. I think I he gets a so. start today. It, yeah. I think he gets a start today. They've already won the series, so series. I mean, throw, throw the kid a bone. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him. Yeah, six, see what he's got. Uh, he's like six six, right? Utility God, guy, dude. What a unit, huh? Yeah. We should get him on the show. He looks like he's built like Noah. We should get him, but on this on this couch we have that's like super small, and just put him in the middle. Like it's just like the worst, <laughs> <laughs> the worst podcast ever. Ever put him in? No, have both of us sitting on the couch with him in between us. Yeah, you know, that's what you yeah, meant. Yeah, like, okay, so just, just like looking at him. The totally whole time? uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so hey, open David, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Apollo headquarters. Oh, where do you want me to sit? Right, there, right in between us. Right <laughs> in between us. Wait, uh, you guys serious? And then you can have Josh be like, yeah, we're serious. Sit down. Yeah. Be great. Have the, two right, open <laughs> <seat>. <laughs> the two chairs just sitting there. Sitting there. <laughs> you don't want me to sit over there? No, yeah. in the middle, David. The middle. That's enough. Sit down. Uh, Carlos, Correa. Carlos Correa makes his return back to Houston. I'm going to toss it to you on this. Give me what? what? Yeah, if Let's you didn't tune into 790 from 6 to 10, no, that's Sean's no, store. No, uh, store. store. His store, huh? <laughs> his... <laughs> that's tough. See, Sean, that's, that's... Sean Salisbury show. That's a little, it's tough. Sorry. Uh, it's all right. From 6 to 10 on 790. Uh, you had an interesting take, and I think we should start there. What? Because what, what are we doing? <laughs> we should start there what? because I I just want to I wish we could play the audio. I wish we had it like ready to go, but we don't. Um, I, I okay, but I, I will say what I said. Yes, yeah, let, let's. I'll, I'll just let it. you go. I'll just let you. Okay. Do it. Look, I actually Carlos. I, have a, I can play. We it. have the audio. We have the audio. No. All right, go tell your story, and then we'll listen to the audio. So go ahead. Okay, so. Carlos Correa, we watched him grow up in front of our eyes in the organization. Made his way up through the minor leagues, got his debut, and he did fantastic things for the Astros and the community. Everything that, every accolade that he deserves as far as a player and a man in this community, he deserves. He took on the heel role after the cheating scandal and was the voice, the captain, the leader of this team. That is, there's no questions asked, especially after Springer left. Carlos Correa took the role and, and took off with it. And he was lights out in the playoffs like we always saw in October. But the way that he left the Astros, in my opinion, if he wanted to be an Astro, he would have been an Astro. But he didn't want to be an Astro. Like that's It's hard to hear, but he didn't. He wanted to go get the bag. And I applaud players to go get the money always. Go get your bag. But as fans, we have to realize that if Carlos Correa really wanted to remain a Houston Astro, he would have been here. He still would be here, but he didn't. So I, I just, for me, it's like welcoming him back is a special moment. Don't get me wrong. The tribute video was, was on point. It was great. Giving him a standing ovation, he deserved all of that. But after that, dude, he's a twin. He's on the twins. And I'm probably in the unpopular opinion here, but I don't give a shit. Like this whole, I went through the timeline and all these people 
men, women, children all talking about, oh, I'm Carlos Correa, I'm going to cry tonight. I'm going to cry. For what? The dude walked away from the Astros. That's where I got a little fired up. It's like, stop, stop. Why are we ball washing? Stop ball washing. Like Carlos Correa did a fantastic job with the Houston Astros, elevated this city, got us a chance. I know you, I know how everybody at Apollo H O at Apollo HQ is looking at me like I'm a jackass right now, but I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. What he did is 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 fantastic. But at the end of the day, he's a Minnesota twin. And he the fan base cheered when he struck out against Verlander. I mean, that's that's it. That's it. And play the surprise special guests. Go ahead and come on in, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh. And, and what he did, hey, and, and don't get me wrong, him wearing our tee and tank, like it, it helped our brand. I love that. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm a little like 75% yes, I loved everything about it. But then there's 25% of me that's like, dude, stop with this stuff. Like welcome him back, give him his return, and let's go back to work. It's, 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 we're chasing October right now. And the, and the twins, are right there in the cu- uh, in the mix, trying to win the AL-, AL Central, trying to get a wild card spot. So, I don't know, man. I might be an unpopular opinion. I'm sure Josh is going to fucking use this as the fucking clip on Twitter, and then people are just going <laughs> to fucking dog me out. It's fine. I yep. don't care. I-, I got my opinions. I'm entitled to them, and I'm going to stand on it. Yeah, Brian Lalima speaks for himself. Um, <laughs> no, I-, I mean, like, I agree on, what were you saying, ball washing? Is that, is that ball what washing, ball yeah. washing, yeah. Um, I don't think I'd use that phrase. I would say that I understand some people's like yours opinion on on the on the micro of what this series is, but on the macro, like you got to give him his flowers and his dues. And I and I and I wrote it and I go, he's gonna get a standing O, o pregame. He's gonna get a standing O while he digs in the plate, deservedly so. And then JV's gonna bust him up with fastballs. That's the game, and I'm okay with that. And that's I'm I'm with you yeah. on it. But and then I compared it to when George Springer came back, people gave him a standing ovation and, and everything like that. But there, this whole out outcry of oh we're gonna cry blah blah blah. You didn't give it to AJ Hinch when he came back. You didn't give it to George Springer then when he came back. Well, I mean, Springer, who did more? Who who did more for the organization? Carlos Correa or George Springer? I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough decision. But why didn't we do the same thing for George Springer that we did for Carlos Correa? They did. That's no, I not think, as much. But I also think they're two different, two different beasts, but the same animal. Springer's very quiet. He's very just like that's fair. That's and fair. Correa because, really yeah. stepped up and became the villain that Major League Baseball wanted during that's fair. This alleged cheating scandal that was rampant throughout the entire league. But I just think there's more moments in time of Carlos doing something that stands out than Springer. Like Springer, I remember. Home run after he missed the ball in game five, right? That yep. running around. But you didn't have a George Springer like pointing at his watch. You didn't have a Springer yeah. with the with yeah, the that. ear, yeah. the throwing of the helmet, the all, like they're just two different beasts, but the same animal. So I think that's why it's a little bit different because the highlight reel in moments, there's more that were more theatric in that sense. And also George Springer like hit a home run instantly. Like it's yeah. different when Correa strikes out against Verlander and Springer like launch one like 450 feet. So right, um, and I, and I, I I was one of the the people and fans that was championing for for Jim Crane to open up the wallet and give Carlos Correa a blank check. I was, but I just think the way that he left and and didn't want to be here anymore. It's like all right, give him a standing ovation. 
Let's let's uh, uh, give him the tribute that he deserves. All of, like I said, all the accolades. Let's give it all to him. But then let's let's we're moving forward. And this just I don't know, whatever. Yeah, man, I mean I think it, it was appropriate man. enough, and we've seen it this series. We haven't seen Carlos, and I'm probably jinxing. He'll probably hit home run tonight. But you've seen the plays that you know you 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 kind of miss. He threw the glove up behind him last night, made a sick play. After Penny made a sick play. Um, I've loved to see the double cuts of him like in center field, like ready to gear up and throw. Like he was pissed off, like he was gonna try to throw Maldonado out from 200 feet away. Like those little things like that were great. But at the end of the day, it's about uh, beating them, and we did. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it had to be a little weird for Pena, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially I- when there was like a brawl, like almost like I've never seen Altuve that pissed when Sanchez decided to throw at him for some reason. Um, but like, and then like Carlos is playing like the, the both sides peace giver. And like, it's just gotta be weird. Like all around is weird week for Jeremy Pena. And I mean, obviously for Carlos, but yeah. Do you think at any point, like Correa, like, especially being back in Houston and seeing how well the Astros are playing and I'm sure he's kept up with all his, you know, he's, he's still best friends with Lance McCullers. Lance is his, uh, his son's God, godparent. And do you think at ever he's like, man, I, maybe I shouldn't have left. Man, I want to go back there. Like, buy, not buyer's remorse, but like, uh, I mean, you know, um, God, what's, I, I don't know what the same. But anyway, do you think at any point he's just like, man, I wish I would have stayed? I mean, I think that's always going to be there. But I also think that Carlos Correa had a duty as the number one shortstop in the class to go out and get a high number and set a number yeah, set, for everyone else behind him. Like people set the precedent. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're that guy and that dude and you have Boris and you're the, the free agent market mover, you have to go out there and do that to also like protect all the guys behind you. Because if you don't, and let's just for simple math, Carlos Correa should have got 30 million a year, but he settled with the Astro for 20. So that, that number two guy behind Carlos what it should have got like 20 or 25 in this math scenario is only going to get 15, you know, to 17. So that guy's getting screwed over. So it's just part of the game and how it's structured. Like that guy who is a top free agent in that class, go set a number to protect all your guys coming behind you. Um, in the sense in that, in the free agent market and, and everything that right, goes I into mean, that. So I think if his name wasn't Carlos Correa and, you know, and he wasn't the guy, wasn't with Boris and all that, then, Sure, I think you find a deal, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I, 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 un- I understand all that, but then where does winning coming in, into play, dude? You went to Minnesota, like, come on. I, I, I think it's, like, it's, where's winning? Where does winning come in? Because, and I'm not trying to compare. Yeah, this, these are different sports, but Tom Brady took fr- team friendly deals, deals year in and year out to stay in New England because he knew what he had there. Carlos Correa, dude, look what the Astros have, and 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 if you if Carlos Correa is still on this team. Like, there are times during the season where you're like, okay, some guy's struggling, another guy's struggling, boom, there's Correa that could bring everybody together, right? So where was winning in all this? Like, that's, I guess that goes into a factor to me, like, okay, like, he he clearly left for money and money only because if he didn't go up to Minnesota to win, I mean, they're, they're playing well for Minnesota, but the Astros are the best team in the American League, again. Don't forget the thing that came out that he never actually received an offer from the oh that's right that could be i mean the legit could be that could a be a factor as well thing. yeah and then again like you may have a scenario again this offseason where verlander walks in because we have 
five pitchers and you have Hunter Brown waiting where you're just kind of like, why did, why did we let him go? And, and it makes sense uh, on an Excel sheet because Jeremy Pena is a 3.7 war and Carlos is at a 3.3. And so their stats are kind of identical. I mean, Pena's kind of hit that rookie wall. Um, but at the end of the day, like, is 40, what, what did Korea get? Like 33 million? What did he get? 30, whatever it is. Korea? Is it is that worth the same production that you're getting at a rookie? You got 35.1. 35.1 million. Yeah. And Penny's going to get what? League, league minimum 750 or whatever it is? Right. Um, that's just the game. And I, I don't know. I think the Astros did it right. But then again, Carlos Correa in October was a totally different beast. Um, I think his, he had a 280 lifetime average in the playoffs, 16 home runs, um, excuse me, 18 home runs, 272 batting average in the playoffs, um, 59 RBIs. Like, that's that's big-time production. 869, 849 OPS. Um yeah, that's uh I think that's where the real conversation begins if if Pena struggles in October and we fall short. Like yeah, what would have been be... like if we had Carlos? I think that's the conversation yeah. everyone's gonna run with. Right, for sure. That's a hundred percent what it's gonna be. Um we're running up uh up against time. Uh real quick, Des, the new the uh twenty twenty three schedule to come out. What are your thoughts on it for the Astros? Twenty twenty three schedule for the Astros. Yeah, I I didn't know this was happening until it did, but the shorted short uh, division games this year, this upcoming season, it's like only fifty, I believe, Josh, instead of seventy-three. You have thirteen yeah, so they, games against each opponent. Okay, instead of and so th- this is nineteen. So this is the season where they play everybody, right? Yes, you play every team in the league. Uh, you play every team in the league. You play every team in yeah. the league, yeah, and it then starts in twenty twenty three. And then, you, so if you play them on the road this year, next year they'll play at your home. So I every like, two like years, that. every team will yeah. play in every stadium, and that I think it's great for the growth of the league. They're going to sell Absolutely a shit ton more tickets. Imagine they were basically it's like replacing a Dodgers series with another Angels series. It's like imagine the sale, the ticket sales difference on that. Oh like, yeah. Oh, oh, the Mariners are coming to town for the seventeenth time this year. Like, do I want to go see that game? Or the Dodgers are in town. Yeah, I'm going to go see that game. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so home games in 2023, you've got the White Sox, the Tigers, the Giants, the Cubs, the Twins, the Blue Jays, and I'm not even going to go through the the uh, ALS. But then you've got the Nationals, the Mets, uh, Tampa Bay, Colorado. Um, the end, or I'm sorry, the Guardians. Man, I almost screwed that one up. Uh, Red Sox. Let's see. Oh, the Padres are in town. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah, Wait, it's pretty we cool. We can do. Uh, we can go see the Astros Braves 420, 421. Um, that'd be fun, dude. We can like go- L.A. road trip on my birthday. L.A. road we trip on producer Josh's birthday. Sounds like a a nightmare of. <laughs> Of content, <laughs> um, respectfully, just sounds oh, a logistical nightmare. Oh my god! Um, a, a Yankee series in August, and then we can. If you ask little bro Taylor, Baltimore is like right there, right next right, to the Great right Lakes, right, right next right, to the Great right. Lakes. 
So we can go to New York and then go to Baltimore. <laughs> you know the whole thing about that scenario, and people are like, "What? What does he mean by little bro?" So we had just gotten into West Palm, and we're driving up to our Airbnb, and we were talking about maybe going to a Baltimore series after a Yankee series, and then maybe going over to Detroit to watch them play the Tigers. And little bro, our guy, little bro, thought that all of that was within like an hour, yeah. a couple hours of each he other. And we looked New York, at the map. He thought Queens. Yeah. Boston, Baltimore, and Detroit were all within an yeah. hour of each other. Yeah. And it was, we're, it like, was legitimately like pulling maps up to prove he, his point. He fully, he fully thought Detroit was on the East Coast. Like, yeah. I mean, he yeah. was, yeah. he was, that was the hill he was going to die on. He, for yes, sure. he was willing to die on that hill. So, um, yeah, I like, I didn't know that we were playing every team. I, yeah. I love it. Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm excited for that uh, 2023 season, you know, w- with the new uh, type of schedule with playing every team. It's pretty pretty badass. But uh, that's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the hold Diamond on. before we get out of here. Okay, hold on. Oh, hold on. All right, what's up? What do you got? Alex Bregman, player oh, of the month. Right. Player yeah. of the month. Possessed. He's back. The kid is back. Yeah. He's on fire. Yep. The league is fucked. Yeah. So fucked. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to listen to him talk about the mechanics, the mechanical issues that he was going through. Um, and man, I know I, I said it on a, uh, an interview with him at an event where people literally wanted him traded, wanted him DFA. Like there were so many people that wanted him off this team and he's turned a corner. He's hitting home runs again, hitting doubles. I mean, he's squaring baseballs up and he was never, it was never a matter of he's striking out all the time. The dude is like, I don't know where he is now, but at one point he led the league in walks. He's, he leads the Astros in walks, and he was walking all the time. He just wasn't finding hits. And then he, he talked about the front hip was ever so slightly landing in an open position, and he was flying open, and then he fixes that, and we see the results of it. Like the other night, he was like three for four. A couple games before that, he was like four for six with two bombs. I mean, the kid is back. Like, the kid is back. Oh, yeah. And if we get this sustained throughout October, it's over. Watch out. Oh, by the Watch way, out. Kyle Tucker, 16-game hitting streak. Yeah. Like like I said, there's a timeline out there in the multiverse that this team, one through nine, gets hot in October. And it's our time. It's our time for our offense to be hot in the playoffs. Pitching and defense travel. Like, it doesn't matter. That's a gold standard across the board. But if this team and offense just gets hot for one month, one month, blouses. Yeah. Game blouses. You got anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I'm That's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast. They are trying to sweep the Twins tonight. And then who do they have, who do they have after that? I just had the schedule. Baltimore. Baltimore, that's right. Red Orioles. Hot Baltimore. Trey, Trey Mancini's former team. Mancini's Mafia, you know? Good to see him swinging it well for the Astros. You got anything? Nope. Love you guys. It's going to do it. We'll be back uh, next week with more Beyond the Diamond here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Peace!